Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. I am your Demon host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello! 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 Ah, nice to have you all join me. Yeah, we thought you might as well. Uh, it's a very different show if I just play all the characters. Well, yeah. We you, try and make you do that as much as possible. Yeah, I, I think I think you'd probably prefer it, actually. We wouldn't, wouldn't uh, mess up your plans quite so much. Maybe, maybe. But then I couldn't make you like some of the characters, then murder them in front of you just to get your reactions. That's true. That's true. Mm. It's not so much fun torturing yourself. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose it depends what you're into, but... Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to judge? <laughs> uh, oh, they will be reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, and Dick Fate, our half-orc barbarian. And, I mean, last week was interesting. You guys set off on, I guess, the continuation of this adventure, but like a start of a new uh, new chapter in arc uh, two, I guess I'd, I'd say it that way. You headed to the Crown of the World Mountains to finally find out just what was going on up there. You came to some conclusions. You decided that despite Solara sort of losing her powers, instead of rushing after that loose end, you try to do some research. Solara has stayed behind in Black Frost Fortress and she's going to look up the Feywild and learn what she can about it, while the rest of you go deal with the, uh, the, the Rogar giant illuminated problem and that's uh gonna pose its own challenges i think <laughs> you make it sound like it's just like a pop next door you know down to the <laughs> shops to um get some cream to treat it we're, um, we're, we're out on an epic quest now yeah this, 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 is, this is a proper quest isn't it you know going over mountains going through the snow trudging along packs on yeah, this this is this is one of the first times I, f- I feel like we've set out on a specific kind of adventure. Mm. Yeah, you know, before we just popped out of the city, didn't we? Yeah, we kind of we or, kind of dicked yeah. about a little bit and weren't really sure what we were doing. Or we're time. fleeing. Oh, we're fleeing. We flee a lot. We do flee <laughs> a lot. Sweepy souls. <laughs> 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 yeah, in fairness, in fairness, you're right. Rogar R- 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 either either was fleeing or he was saying one v one me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not the ones that pissed off up this mountain. True, we're true, chasing true. You, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really quite sure if we could call Dragon Rogar fleeing exactly, but <laughs> I think we'll say it was. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> it's not you. You're not in control anymore. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you uh, you started this uh, slightly more epic and grandiose part of the adventure by spending effectively all day traveling to the Crown of the World Mountains, and yes, it got snowier, icier, actually got a little uh, tempesty up in those uh, hills, and really, you got your first taste of what it's like to scout in the wilderness, which luckily, um, Mr. Fate is actually not a bad tracker, I guess we saw it, navigator. He combined with the map that you guys found previously, you decided to traverse through the lowland paths, and he's not doing a bad job so far. He managed to get you through the first sort of six hours of trudging through the snow till it became late at night without any real problems. 
but the temperature continues to drop and it's getting darker and you decided to you know go off the uh the beaten path and camp for the night unfortunately while doing so you bumped into a giant rather than attack first ask questions later for once in your lives you decided to hey maybe we should chat first and turns out that was the right idea because this was not just any giant it was a young very young stone giant who seemingly made you no harm he had no interest in fighting you and in fact was quite scared of you he after a bit of convincing back and forth here led you to his people and to the one of them that can speak common a uh, a much much older stone giant known as Hurund, who appears to be the leader of a group known as the Stone Wardens. And after a bit of process of elimination, Sophia was chosen to uh, learn a lot of history, both ancient and quite recent. Initially, you got a bit of a download of uh, the Stone Wardens' history, who they are, what their relationship is to this um, legendary giant Othrin and his conquests thousands of years ago. And then you got a far more recent download of a name that has cropped up a few times, a giant known as Morinhall and his betrayal of the Stone Wardens. You got to see up close and personal through Kurun's eyes exactly what went down when Morinhall seemingly killed most of their sect, caused Hurun to have a devastating injury. You can see like his chest is all torn up, like the skin has been melted away and the muscle is just liquefied, like he is in a terrible state but seems to be surviving okay. You know from watching him fight, he was, pre-injury he was a hell of a fighter. In fact, Morinhol only really survived because Hurun saw him as a son and he didn't really want to kill him. That, unfortunately, was what our crazed little giant decided to take advantage of and, well, grievously wounded him. And that was kind of where we left off. Bonus there is, through all this uh, giant memory and knowledge, Sophia now speaks giant. Quite handy. I love it. <laughs> That's actually really, really useful, genuinely. You sound surprised. Yeah. No, no, it is. No, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not surprised. No, it's just just really useful. But it's specifically the speaking part, because I can yeah. understand it. Yeah, but, um... and apparently so can I now. And yep. Rogar could have. Yep. But Me- no one could... Like, well, meanwhile, Dick has no idea what's going on. So, yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's just the status quo, isn't it? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turns out getting like three thousand years worth of giant memories gives you an affinity for the language. <laughs> Not funny that. Mm. But yes, we we left off last session, revealing what went down at the Stone Warden's Temple, and yeah, I guess that's pretty much where we're going to pick right back off again. The group of you are sat in this stone giant makeshift camp. Seems they were also sitting down and getting ready to rest up for the night, taking their own watches and making sure that no one came after them. Hurund is still sat in sort of his meditating position as Sophia is receiving this knowledge. I mean, the rest of you guys don't know exactly what's going on. I think you actually told the group a little bit about Othrin, kind of in between memories. But we're going to pick back up here as your mind returns to you, Sophia. And it's it's a strange moment because just a second ago, you were Hurund. You were this large, powerful stone giant. You felt 
the pain that he felt of both the loss of his people and the physical pain he was in, that, that attack from Warren Hall was truly just devastating to him. And you feel his sadness at what went down, that even now, even after everything, having to run, having to hide, having to rescue what is effectively the youngest people in the temple he could get a hold of, the betrayal really still stings because this was this was someone he raised as a as a son stabbing him in the back for reasons he doesn't really understand and you kind of you feel that just as closely as he felt it at the time it's a weird feeling to get all this almost like emotion and connection to the person even though you, you personally don't know them you don't even really know who ruined but that's kind of what's rushing through your mind as you return to the cold next to this large campfire that the giants have set up. Right. So I'm probably, if I'm feeling those feelings and they're quite fresh, I'll probably be on the verge of tears a little bit because obviously to me, that was, that was my son who I raised. Is How far away is he from me? Like, um, is... Yeah, Horund. Oh yeah, he's like sat right in front of you. Like he sat like cross-legged and he's, he's still bigger than you are. He was able to sort of reach out and just sort of touch your head to give you those memories. So he's not, he's like within a, about five, ten feet of you. Well, I'm going to stand up and then put my hand on his knee, just comfortingly. I'm not sure how you comfort something that's, see, larger than, because the kid was 16 foot. Is yeah, the... um, Hurund is closer to 19 foot tall. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, I just um, look like a little flea touching him. And um, I'll say, that was awful, Hurund. I'm so sorry things went like that. When, when was this? He sort of nods appreciatively at you and goes, Even now, the pain of those memories feels fresh. But it was weeks ago that we fled the temple. Only weeks? Wow. Um, out of character, did I recognise the man in black? Putting your own memories to that moment, yeah. you feel like that was the man you just saw at the Shimmering River camp. Malkareth. Yeah. Um, right, so speaking, um, I probably gave my my condolences in giant and then switching to common um, to try and get the other guys to wake the fuck up as they were waiting for me to um, experience that. Guys, it seems like Moran Hall was tainted by Malkarek. He was there behind him pulling the strings. Oh, oh dear. So you speak giant now? Yes, yes. Good, right? Uh, yeah, that would have been handy a little while ago. I'm guessing that's a uh, side effect to the old um, mind meld thing. Yeah, my mind to his mind, etc. Yeah. So, uh, so what else did you learn while he was mind fucking you, dude? <laughs> Don't. I had, he gave me an outline of Othrin and how he dominated the world. And I, I told you this, how he was slain by Clan Ogresh. And then 
I had some of Hurin's memories of of his kind of adopted son killing his entire clan except for these few children a few weeks ago. I mean, no wonder it feels raw, dude. It it was a few weeks ago. And that and that son is Morinhal, is it? Yeah. He's and he's the one uniting the um well they uh, the, the giants who didn't who haven't escaped here. Yes. I'm guessing these guys are effectively refugees from that. Yeah. Right. It seems like Warren Hall is looking for the shrine. Right, and that's where we're going as well. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was just thinking, given how much time passed, you probably think it's more like six or seven weeks ago, actually, that this went down, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, the giants revered Othrin as a god. There are people that worshipped him. There's, he, there are so many people, well, giants, that hope that he will come back. You know, it is that kind of that belief and that power. So he was he was a dude and he died and now they're worshipping him like a god. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, this a god and, come to come to this plane. And and our mate here he was he was one of those that was looking after his, his shrine. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Right. And do you know where these guys are going now? Are they just hiding out here or hoping someone comes along or have they got some place of refuge to get to? I look to Harund. We continue to travel to the west to create as much distance as we can. Right, well, we've got a uh, we've got a place not too far away. I mentioned it earlier, Blackfrost Fortress. If you were to uh, to arrive there or at least nearby to there providing you worked with and proved non-hostile to the people there if you mention our names and you ask for solara and the captain well the commander of the guard then um and just tell them we'll, we'll, we'll give you some some things to say they should provide prove non-hostile to you and should allow you to camp on our lands. If you'll, you wish it. If you wish. You'll find safe haven there. And uh, in return, of course, should, should they need help, then you'd provide some help. Give me a persuasion. Okay. We'll see how well this goes. Uh, 19 from Tommy. That may be as persuasive as he's ever been. (laughs) Curran sort of goes a little quiet for a moment, seemingly rolling this idea around his head. You see just a slight nod as he seems to consider something and then says to you, I must admit, I am not often trusting of you small folk. There has been many years of bad blood. Between your people and ours, you do not care for the nuances between our tribes and cultures and peoples. But we are desperate, and our own kind has turned upon us. Even though they may be deceived, death would come either way if we stay within these mountains. 
I had hoped to travel far west, possibly even to the coast, to take up some of our old grounds and live out our days there. If you can promise safe harbor on your lands, I will consider this rather than leave entirely. Well, at your um, should we manage to affect what's going on up there? And should we um, manage to remove Morinhar or incapacitate him somewhat in our endeavours, then perhaps your people may need you again. And surely it'd be more, you'd be of more use here than somewhere far away. Of course, if um, word comes back that uh, we failed, then uh, you you may be right to continue on your way. But um, we are we're living in strange new world now. This is a this is a new world order. We're not quite sure how we all fit in, but perhaps the old um, the old grievances between our peoples might um, might make way for new alliances. You are correct. The times are strange. You are not even the first small folk to show us kindness in recent days. Really? Oh, really? Uh, even Dick known to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, as as my uh, as my semi green friend uh, just said, uh, other small folk you mentioned just then. Yes, just a day ago, we came across a dwarf. He looked dressed for war, but treated us with kindness. He helped heal some of our wounded before leaving to go further north. I said to you that two of you, and he looks at Sophia and Tommy, seem drained, lesser than what you should be. Like an exhaustion fogs your minds. I mentioned I might know someone who could help this. I think if anyone could... That dwarf could do so. He seemed to know such ways when he encountered us. Well, that's, uh, that's very interesting. Could you let us know which direction? North. He said from? north. It was direct yeah. north. No, I mean, like, you know, north. North's a big area. Like, which path could you, um, could you show us? Yeah. On, on, our, on our map. Yeah, if you present the map to him, Hurund will kind of take it out of your hand. like hold it between his uh, thumb and <laughs> finger and kind of squint at it a little bit. Uh, he then puts it sort of down on the snow and then he kind of uses his finger to draw in the snow, like a bit of a more to scale that he can understand to direct you and kind of gives you a direction of from this camp here. He thinks the dwarf was heading kind of a slightly more northeasterly direction, going in a similar direction that you're looking at, except he looked to be avoiding the paths a little bit more. He was going slightly closer to the mountains without climbing them. I think if you were quick, you could catch him. He wasn't He wasn't moving at a great pace. He seemed in no rush. And I've always found the dwarves have quite a small stride. <laughs> Did you catch his name at all? He introduced himself as Rurik Grimthorn. That rings a bell. Does it? Does it ring a bell to any of us? <laughs> <laughs> This would have possibly come up in conversation. I don't remember if it actively came up on pod, but 
Both Tommy and Sophia, do me a... We'll do it as a history check, just to test your knowledge. Recent history. <laughs> uh, at least you're doing it on intelligence, mate. That's a 14 from Tom. And an 18! Nice. Oh. Well, you, you did actually recognise it, so that makes yeah. sense. Yes. <laughs> Sophia, the name Rurik doesn't ring a bell, but... Hmm. Grimthorn, when you went to see Lysandra and she was treating a dwarf, she mentioned his name was Balin Grimthorn. Uh... This appears to be some relation of his. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good job we didn't bring Rogar. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know his business up north? Did he, did he tell you at all? Don't tell me he's going to Gnarin as well. He said he was here on a divine calling. Something had troubled him, and he had much work to do. He was quite guarded with us. I expect he did not feel too comfortable sharing with our kind, but he treated us with respect, and we did the same to him. Okay, so he was quite guarded, was he? Um, question. Where is Ganaran on the map? Um, I mean, you have it marked on your map. Yeah, but I'm kind of... Is that is that northeasterly? Oh, you're asking me. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's northeasterly. It's quite far okay. deep into this uh, whole area. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it could be plausible that he's going that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Certainly roughly in that direction right now. Mm-hmm. So, so it makes sense to uh, probably head after him sharpish. Before we do, though, is there anything else we need from our mate here? My, our friend, our ex-friend, is up in these mountains, and, and you said you haven't seen a dragon. Um, but we know he's going for the art. I and mean, we're, it, we're trying to stop him. I mean, your job is to, I don't know, protect the shrine and to and to and hold this knowledge. Okay, so so that's. I mean, have you sh- shared the knowledge with with the youngsters? The location of the shrine and its knowledge of what is contained within is information that only I hold. And uh, you'd remember what Morin Hall was looking for was specifically where the shrine was, because they don't write that down. That's why they pass the memories to the next leader. So we need to get there before Morin Hall does. We we don't need to know where it is, because obviously if we were ever caught and tortured right. i'd hate to think right tommy um out of character yeah we don't want to know well do, aren't we trying to get there before they do i don't know I, I kind of i don't feel like he would tell us necessarily well let's i'm trying to get his trust a little bit as well like yeah well maybe we'll we'll we'll, 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 we'll go we'll be straight with him we'll tell him what we're there to do well we'll tell him that we don't need to know but if he the, tells us, the, we might. Be there able to are get people, there. yeah. There are people going after it, and well, look, yeah. You you've got the rapport with him, so mm. so yeah. So you 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 would say. Tommy's going to look at you if you say we don't need to know. He's like, well, Tommy thinks we do potentially. Right. Okay. So, Hurand, the the man that was standing behind Morin Hall is known to us. He's one of the Awoken. He's one of the most powerful beings around at the moment. And he's trying to dredge up an old god and 
for some reason, they need the heart of the Titan King taken to Gunnarin. Now, these people are vicious. They've killed thousands. We're, we're trying to stop him. I mean, God knows we're trying to stop him. We, we don't want to encroach on your knowledge, but I don't see any other way. If, if we could just head them off, I don't know. We could protect the shrine. I, I, Tommy, I mean... Well, look, he's, he's trying to find it. We're trying to get there before he does. As that is a, the sum of it. We don't want this to happen. We don't want them to take the shrine. We don't want them to. We have no particular desire to be there, safe, to stop them getting what they want. All we know is if they get what they want, then we are all... Well, also a polite way to say fucked. And not just us, not just here, not just this place, but potentially the entire world, potentially the entire fucking plane. We, all we know is that, is that the, uh, the big man's into some serious shit and our former friend was into more shit than we could have ever really understood. And it's only getting worse. You see the, um, the black star in the sky. That's not going away, and that's got something to do with it. Hurund listens to your words, and when you sort of finish your plea on his, you know, on his conscience, on his feelings, he looks around the camp. He sees all of his effectively like neophytes to the sect that he was raising up and training. They all obviously look healed but wounded, like they're scarred and damaged from the assault. He looks up to the sky and sort of stares for a moment. You get the feeling that Hurund, he's a very contemplative person. You know, he he thinks about things for a long time and he's had a job for you don't know how many years that has basically just involved being a keeper of knowledge and a protector. And then he looks down at his wounds that have just crippled him. And you see a sort of resignation in his eyes that he can't do the job he was meant to do anymore, which was to protect the shrine and to protect this knowledge. And you imagine he must have felt that way from the start, else he wouldn't have really shared with you what he did. And he nods a little bit and goes, The shrine contains many secrets, and it should not fall into the hands of those that would abuse its power. Within the shrine, you would find the heart of the Titan King. And if that is what they seek, then our enemies wish to draw upon Othran's strength to bring forth... to bring forth one of his weapons. One that helped him, helped his conquest. If these people are as vicious and deadly as you claim, then such power cannot fall into their hands. What is it you wish to know? Kind of look to Tommy and nod to him to put forth the black and white of it. I think what we need to know is how do we get there? How do we get to the shrine? How do we get there? Because I think it's only a matter of time for Moran Hole and um, dragging Rogar managed to get there. And if we can get there before them, 
perhaps we might stand a chance of defending it of or at least protecting what's there or stopping it falling into their hands is to- is tommy saying that yeah why as uh, 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 go dick just think we need to know where go we go save world simple point direction we go yeah what what he said <laughs> and of course if i mean i know how hurt you're feeling i know how betrayed you're feeling and yeah you are the last you are the protector of these young folk that you have with you if you would rather us destroy whatever is there rather than it get into their hands we will do whatever you ask of us but we must stop it from getting into their hands you won't live point direction let go his eyes go a little wide at the idea of destroying what's inside the shrine, but then he realizes that perhaps that would be the only option. And he looks again at the map you laid out for him, and he says, You appear to have a mountain marked on your map. That is the location of the shrine. The mountain formed around the body of Othran, consumed by the earth as if the elements wished to reclaim him. His shrine is within that mountain, hidden and secret. Is there an entranceway? Getting into the mountain is not impossible for those with the will to do so. Getting past its defenders is far more difficult. Oh, it's going to be like the the Chamber of Secrets or the Philosopher's Stone. We have to play chess and quidditch <laughs> yeah just need some broomsticks if you read <laughs> just just uh before 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 you carry on um you say you protect shrine yet you also say there are things inside protect shrine surely you know how to get past things in shrine the things in the shrine do not pose me any threats and And he seems to hesitate a little bit at this and goes, If you are honest with me, either you wish to also protect the shrine from these foes, seen and unseen, then I shall give you passage into the shrine. And he holds out his hand, kind of palm facing up, and says, Each of you, give me your hands. Yep, I go straight away, because I'm not scared of him. Tommy will be slightly more reluctant, but he'll place his hand. Dick, big hero. Dick, do what like. And Dick puts his hand out. All four follows your lead, Tommy, and puts his uh, mechanical arm in as well. Are we going to do the okie <laughs> <laughs> After a few moments, Huron's hand begins to glow, and all of you feel a cold chill run up your arms as an intricate design begins to emblazon upon your skin spiraling round and round all the way up to the shoulder. As his hand stops glowing, he says, All of you may now have passage into the shrine without fearing its guardians. Okay. Good enough to take your word for that. Thank, thanks for that. Uh, what 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 guardians... I know we don't have to fear them anymore, and that's great in that, but uh, what, what guardians are they? Othran's most devout followers protect the shrine. They will slay any who attempt to break in. Okay. So, like, 
Giants. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Tomb. Mm-hmm. Ghosts. Are we talking spirits? Something akin to that, yes. Okay, cool. Right, fair enough. Um, so we know where it is. We do we know how to get in? We know we're not going to be armed. He'll give you a bit of detail around the mountain when you find it. There are plenty of ways into the mountain, and most tunnels, I mean, they're treacherous, and he can't tell you one way or another what might have taken up residence in any of them. But eventually, if you just go deeper and deeper into the mountain, you should find your way to the shrine. The difficulty would have been getting past the guardians outside the shrine. They would have attempted to kill you all. And now that you have these marks upon you and you are honorary stone wardens, they will allow you to pass. Well, thanks, uh, thanks very much for your help. And uh, we will, what I say is we'll do our best. We've, um, we've come through quite a few sticky situations in the past, so I think we stand a fair chance. And look, uh, where we we may be your last hope, really. But if you find any more um, nice, friendly people who don't try and attack you, uh, then yeah, uh, we can always use a few more allies, especially now. So uh, yeah, thanks. I mean, if you get to our place and it's not to your liking, then obviously keep going west, and we'll do what we can. I. Tommy, have we got anything to give him so that they so that everyone will know that it's us or Well I mean nothing he couldn't have looted off my corpse really. <laughs> no, look just uh just say uh uh I don't know. Just say uh T- say to... say Tommy can't read. Oh fuck off, Sophia. <laughs> She'll get it. Come on. Just, just say, just say. Or like, that you're a ball spawn. You, you, t- you tell them not to shoot. You tell them that you were sent by the four of us. You tell them who we were. You tell them that were? we were friendly. Well, who we are. <laughs> you tell them that that we were friendly to you and that we are, that we made an agreement. You tell them that Sophia smells like a pigsty. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell them that we had a bit of banter. Uh, you tell them that we are. Look, you tell Guard Captain Emmerich that I found him in the cells under Varadin and I rescued him from there. You tell Solara that we hope she's found some leads to find her magic. And you tell them that we had a, a sword with us that does this. And I tap the sword on the floor. Produces a duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty convincing. Not not none of the other stuff was. It's the duck sword. In fact, um, if you, if it will survive in the cold, you could take the duck back with you. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you might imagine him turning up and going, "They gave me this." <laughs> this giant stone hand, and there's a tiny duck in the middle of it. It's going. <laughs> 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 they said you would know what this means <laughs> yeah I mean he sort of nods at that and kind of takes all the information in and well, he'll see what he does with that if he heads in that direction do you guys have anything else you wish to ask him at this point anything else you want to know I'm sure we have lots we should ask him can any of us remember any of those things that we, would, we should ask him 
cue rifling through notes. See, I'm in quite a good position here because, as Dick, I have no idea. <laughs> it is helpful sometimes. Yeah, yep. it, it really is. <laughs> things, th things can just happen to you, even more so than they did to Tommy. Tommy's now got to take some active role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dick is literally following you guys for something to do. No. Have you? Probably not. But uh, do you know anything about uh, a place called Arkenveld, or anything that? Uh, that Morinholm might have had dealings with down there. He shakes his head at that. He word doesn't mean anything to him. No, thought it was a very long shot. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit about the little people. No, I know, I know, I know. Do you know anything more? Sorry to to intrude. Do you know anything more about what Morinholm was planning? I'm guessing from what we learned in the camp, he seemed to be working with the with the fire giants and the um, frost giants. What rumours we have picked up along the way and what other of our kin have mentioned in passing is that Warrenall is preaching to our kin. He is promising them dreams of glory and greatness to help rally them to his banner. He claims to have knowledge of Othran's prophecy. Knowledge he could not possibly possess, but his words are beguiling, and it seems to be working on a great many. Do you seem? Have you heard rumours that the um, the Fire Lord and the Ever Queen are working with him? And he nods a little bit and goes, "I have seen enough fire and frost giants walk through these mountain ranges to think as much." Yes. Okay. Anything else, guys? I'm looking. <laughs> uh, he used the word beguiling, so Dick has uh, no idea what's going on. <laughs> As usual. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Uh, so, so, somewhat envious in some regard. I mean, are we staying here tonight? What time is it? Uh, at this point, it's quite late. It's like two in the morning. I think right. we should be rest. I rest. can heal. If you people, if you need me to heal before I sleep, yeah, he nods his thanks, but he um he said that Rurik kind of healed them all up, so they're not too bad at the minute. It's more just lasting scars from uh, things that can't be healed or not without uh, high level regenerations and such. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, it seems seems to make sense to rest up here. Uh, we want to get cracking as soon as we can um, after the um. Our dwarven friend, well, our potential dwarven friend. Yeah, I mean, Hurund is happy to share the campsite with you all, and I mean, his people were already planning like watches and things. So, if you wish to do a quick eight hours rather than a, a staggered eight hours, then you might be able to uh, set off quite early still. That's, that makes sense to me. Shafir, before mm. you uh, before you get your head down, would you mind seeing as you can uh, speak the language of the giants? Do you mind uh, thanking uh, Gurin, the uh, the young one who found us, and we decided not to stab? Oh yeah, yeah, no worries. Might might just be nice now we can actually talk to him to say, you know, cheers for um, leading us here and all that. So I go over to the young'un and say the smelly one over there. 
<laughs> says, thanks for not attacking. Seriously, I'm less smelly than you are, love. Oh, did I say that in common? Right, so then, <laughs> then I start saying that in giant. At least I had a bath before I left the fortress. <laughs> he uh, is a bit surprised that you speak to him in giant and then goes, I find all you small folk quite pungent, but thank you for not attacking me as well. I'm, I'm just glad that we were on the same page. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if you got him as a follower? <laughs> <laughs> I try and give him a high five. A low five for him. Well, yeah. I wonder what uh, he does. He, he returns the gesture and knocks you flat on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Given that he's a stone giant. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Yeah. It's a sign of aggression. No, no, no. Please don't. <laughs> Nobody has yet told Dick not to get it out. Dick, don't whip it out, mate. <laughs> what languages do you speak? Uh, I speak, hang on, wait, common and orc. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I'll just whisper in your ear then. It makes sense. What, what the only speaks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. yeah. It, what, you're whispering in my ear, don't get it out. Oh, I mean, it's already out, it's on show. But, I'm gonna um... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just Dick. leave it. Dick, Dick looks down at his penis. you. <laughs> 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 Looks your man. Now back at me. Now back at your man. Back at me. I'm on the wall. I can't believe we've all know what you're talking about. Yeah, of course we do. Uh, <laughs> power of advertising. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, that's like one you... of the best adverts ever. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you are bedding down for the night then, and. I think getting a slightly more restful uh, evening than most of you are normally accustomed to. Around a big, giant, protected bonfire, and it's cold still, but you know, you uh, bundle yourselves up and brave the brave the nightly storm. So I guess, I mean, we can skip forward to the morning, I suppose, and you all wake up bright and early. And I get, are you uh, immediately heading off to try catch up to Rurik? I think we better. I mean, yeah. there's no. Reason. Uh, there's not really anything that we, we've kind of exhausted the information that we could get here, and you know, Dick's probably getting a, Dick's probably getting a bit antsy to get a move on because he's not <laughs> killed anything for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think of of the questions we could think of, we've had them answered. I'm sure we'll think mm. of plenty more that we wish we had. But um, yeah, I'm well, tempted we are... to give him a sending stone, but I don't think that would help. And what? So we can ask him questions. In the future. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think we, we we he's given us a good amount of information on where we need to go. Uh, he's also very helpfully given us information of a potential ally along route. Mm. So um, let's go find a dwarf. Yeah. So we're gonna go to avoid the paths, but also not up the mountain. Yeah. He's he's given us the route roughly that 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 he was mm. taking, hasn't he? So hopefully we can, hopefully Dick can follow that reasonably well. But we'll mm. see. Yeah, so, I mean, you can bid your farewells to Hurund and his group, and then, Vic, if you are navigating once again, do me a survival check with advantage. Yay. 
16. Hey, phew. <laughs> okay, you do not become lost as you head through the snowy banks and begin the trudge deeper into the crown of the world mountain range. After a few hours, you eventually come across um, a bridge, a small bridge over quite a deep ravine, a crack in the ground. And I mean, the visibility is still a little bit low, but it's better during the day with the sunlight out peeking over the tops of the mountains. The snow is quite thick and in fact is causing you all a little bit of uh, distress. In fact, I would say it is difficult terrain in most cases, at least if you're not on the paths. And well, the paths are getting smaller and smaller at these points. As you start walking towards this bridge that you would guess, given that this seems to be the only crossing in quite a distance, this is probably the way Rurik came. Maybe just yesterday, maybe last night. At some point he will have had to sleep, so hopefully between the uh, group of you, you can catch up on him with his uh, slow dwarven strides. And I'm just going to roll something. Hmm. Okay. So as the group of you are approaching this bridge and you're trudging through the snow and a little bit on this makeshift stone path, you notice on both sides of the bridge, there's quite a lot of little snow banks that you would have probably just walked past without really thinking too much about. Until in one of them, Tommy, you just spy a tuft of fur just poking out from underneath the snow as you quickly go to grab a weapon and shout up a warning. Four large, white-furred yetis burst out of the snow, howl, a chilling howl across the bridge and around and in front of you, and start making their way towards you, almost on all fours, leaping forward. And we're going to roll some initiative. You said you wanted to kill something. This is your fault. What? Well, <laughs> you did. You did say it. Mm-hmm. I, I know. But I still don't take any responsibility for this. Of course not. <laughs> Yetis. We had to run into something eventually. It's eventually. true. It's true. Reasonable. Twenty-three answer, right? for Sophia. Hmm. That's good. Where am I? There I am. Ah! A nine for Tommy, which again seems low, but okay. Sort yourself out, mate. Um, You rolled uh, a two. Yes, I did. I rolled a 19. Nice. Great for advantage. (laughs) I mean, I do have advantage, but I was just like, I'm not going to beat a a 23. Mm. So Sophia at a 23, Dick at a 19, Arthur at a 13, Tommy at a 9, and sadly my Yeti is also at a 9, so they'll be going last. And you can all see this little map and bridge in front of you and my four Yetis as they have burst out of the snowbanks. And Sophia, as they howl and start barreling towards the group of you, you're up first. What do you do? How big are these things? They are considered large, so they are around 10 to 12 foot tall. Hmm. They I are wanna... big, furry murder machines. Do I want to go one-on-one? Oh, sorry. Let me just put my health back up to full, because no longer yeah. having damage from... Right, do I want to go attack... Hmm. So there's two across over the bridge, yep. and two on this side of the bridge. There's one to the south of me that um 
Fuck it, I'm just going to go with my bow and arrow, I think. And just so you know, on this map, anything that is snow is considered difficult terrain. Oh, so I could only technically do 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Unless you go onto the path. So the bridge and that little path that leads up to it is normal yeah. terrain, everything else difficult. Okay. Well, with that in mind, it's going to come to me eventually. So I might as well um, attack it with Zan's resolve. Come on, motherfucker. 24 and 12. 24 is a definite hit. Could you imagine if it wasn't? I'd be so pissed off with you, Cookson. <laughs> and then an 18 and 12. Bloody hell. And 18 is also a hit. Whoop, whoop. Does it look very damaged? Yeah, that was a decent chunk of damage done to it. It's uh, heavily wounded from those first two bolts that you loose. Nasty arrow shots straight to its chest, and you watch as its uh, dark blood starts to pour over that uh, nice, pristine white fur. Should I move away? Um, Considering it is rough terrain, if I want to move anywhere, I might as well start moving now. Um, I'm going to move onto the path, I think. Uh, there we go. Okay. And I'm done. Okay. Dick, you're up. Finish them. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Dick. Show us how it's done. Well, hang on. Let me, let me, let me figure out how uh, far away this thing is. Jesus Christ. Um, well, if it's rough terrain, I can only move 20 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, which is slightly annoying. You have your hammers. I do, I do, I do have my light hammers of 1d4 damage. Um, <laughs> so, I think what Dick's going to do is... Because you said the path is, is not difficult terrain, didn't you? No, if you're walking along the path, it's normal movement. Yeah, so, I think... He's going to fuck gonna, off. Yeah. <laughs> Dick's going to plant himself here in the middle of the... Uh, in the middle of the bridge, bridge in an in basically in an attempt to stop the two on the opposite side coming over and uh, attacking the weaker members of the party. Who would they be then? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Mister Level lower than the rest of the party. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh... Dick's doing a you shall not pass in the middle of the bridge, then. Yeah, That's I mean, great years. There's a, there's a troll underneath there, Foldy Roll, you know? <laughs> don't. Don't. Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> no, just don't give cooks and ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is everyone in the combat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, give him ideas, there will be a troll next turn, and then we're all screwed. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, that, yeah, that is Dick's turn. I'm going to I, I'm, I'm ready in action to shield bash. Okay. Um, doesn't shield bash require you to have done an attack or something? I thought that was a like a bonus uh, thing. I you, 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 could, you could ready an attack an action to just just smack one if it comes yeah. within five feet. Yeah, you can ready yeah. like a regular attack. Yeah, you can hold a an attack action if they come in range. Okay, I'll do that then. Okay. Cool. You are holding an action. Um, R4, what you up to? Uh, he's going to take a pot shot at the one Sophia was shooting. Cool. With the wolf's fang. So, straight up. Uh, it's a 13. 13. Uh, it's good enough, actually. These things hey. are not uh, 
They have tough skin, but for, you know, regular humans attacking them, not uh, powerful adventurers. Nice one. That's, that's your first hit, R4. Well done, mate. That's Seriously? 16, 16 points of damage. First hit with the wolf's fang, yeah. I've, okay, I, only, I was going to say. I only strapped it on um, a little while ago, didn't I? So um, He had a couple of shots, but he missed um, uh, when we were fighting Mendrax. That's the only other time he's used it. Yep, so, so yeah, a decent chunk of damage. Yeah, nasty shot there. I think he'll just he'll just stay next to Sophia there, so um, he can encounter it if it charges next turn. Yeah, I mean, as this Yeti is starting to like, burst out of the snowbank and was charging before you, he quickly takes two arrows to the face and then a shot from Wolf's Fang that just explodes part of its arm. It is looking heavily damaged already, and Tommy, it is your turn. Tommy has um, leveled up in Rogue, mm. which means that... He has advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. Mm. Uh, which is helpful. It is. Um, unfortunately, it's not a surprise. No. So it's not an automatic critical. <laughs> but it's still good. So he gets advantage on all his attacks this turn. I could run at this guy, start wailing, but then I'm a bit away from everybody else, which isn't helpful. And no, I think I'll... Um, I think I'll just take a pot shot with my rifle with advantage. Cool. And oh, actually, one sec. It's been a while since I've used this, so um, let me just bring up my guns thing here, PDF, because I want to just check the other um, the other, other uses of grit. Because I'm pretty sure. Sorry about this. Just give me one sec. There it is. Yes. So um, a violent shot. I'm going to take. So. Spend one or more grip points before making an attack roll with a firearm. For each grip point spent, the attack gains plus two to the firearm's misfire score. If the attack hits, you can roll one additional weapon damage die per grip point spent when determining damage of the attack. Okay. Okay. So how much you are spending? In... Uh, so I'm just, I'm just using, using one grip point. Um, so my misfire is uh, plus four. Is a four, basically, I think. Okay. Um, but obviously it's with advantage, so it's a bit weird how that works. So I just think I guess we just take the we'll take the shot that hits for your shot misfire, that hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever okay. your higher is. So uh, a violent shot with my rifle with advantage is a twenty-three and fifteen damage plus an additional d twelve is another five. So twenty damage plus two d six sneak attack damage because I'm rolling with advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, plus another 9 so that's 29 damage on that shot and then with the last rights my bonus action I'm just going to take a normal shot with advantage uh, that's a 28 uh, with um, 14 points of damage uh, plus an additional d4 Necrotic damage, so another two damage. That's 16 points on that one. Cool. You let off two nasty shots of this other yeti, just blowing chunks out of its body. Its fur quickly becomes matted with slick blood. You see blood pouring all over this nice, pristine white snow, freshly fallen in the morning, now despoiled. It's still standing, but God, is it wounded. Is that your turn, that? Tommy? Unfortunately, that is my turn. But that was nice to roll some bonuses are there. Yeah. It is then the Yeti's turn. And... Oh, actually... Oh, 
No, I, I should. I was going to move, actually. Sorry. I should have said. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. The first Yeti, the one that Sophia and R4 shot at, is going to use its chilling gaze at both of you as you look at this Yeti and it brings its just fanged maw, this bestial head up with its like curled ram horns and you watch as its eyes go blue for just a second and both of you make me a constitution saving throw mm, come on jesus a 10 that's bad oh okay. i'm dick's not even there to give um Virgil's not even there to give me plus three <laughs> yeah. and what is r4 getting oh sorry uh constitution saving throw for r4 yep um is a 21 21. He's a robot. So... He's not scared of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so R4 feels completely fine. Sophia, you take seven points of cold damage and you're paralyzed. Oh, for fuck's sake. Ouch. Could you please read out paralysis for the oh, listeners? Oh, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> for the listeners. Yeah, for the listeners. <laughs> paralyzed. A paralyzed creature is incapacitated and can't move or speak. The creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and any attack that hits the creature is a critical hit if the player is attacked, uh, if the attacker is within five feet, so melee attacks. As for incapacitated, uh, an incapacitated creature can't take actions or reactions. So, Mayeti, with his nice enhanced movement, is going to run right up to its paralyzed uh, prey. Bugger. Yeah, it's a snow creature. It's a. Uh, likes this terrain and is very quick and seeing that one of its prey is paralyzed it's gonna take two claw attacks at you with advantage so first one uh 21 actually what's my oh it's 20 it's my ac fucking hell so that's five points of uh slashing damage one point of cold okay and then oh actually wait a minute am i misreading oh actually that's a critical hit as well so you take an additional courses. four points of slashing on top of that, and an additional two points of cold on top of that as well. Bloody hell. R4, however, is now immune to the Yeti's chilling gaze, gaze for the next hour. For hey. the next hour? Motherfucker! Yep. And Can his yeah. second claw attack, again with advantage, 24, which hits. So you take 16 points initially, and then... <laughs> I'm afraid, continue to critical hits, you take an additional nine points on top of that. Bloody hell, this thing is not a joke. Yetis ain't that strong, but uh, they get you paralyzed, they don't fuck about. So this blood-crazed yeti taking a lot of damage just barrels towards you and goes all out in its slashes. Second yeti is going to use its chilling gaze on you, Tommy, to hit me with that con save. Ah, uh, of course. And 19. You are perfectly fine. So when it runs up to you, you're still moving around. So regular attacks. First claw attack, natural one. Complete swing and a miss there. Second attack, yeah. 23. 23, ouch. Rolling good yeah, for damage as well. Yeah, that's nasty. 10 slashing, 5 cold. So you, you stare this creature dead in the eyes and shake off its magical enchantment. And then you actually go and dodge its first crazed swing at you. But the second swing, unfortunately, just catches you on the blind side. It's a lot quicker than you expect this uh, big, brutish creature to be, and just cuts you right across the side, drawing just a little bit of blood. On the other side, with the bridge, 
one of my yetis will use its chilling gaze on you, Dick Fate. On save, please. Come on, Dick. Yep. A 14? Ooh, 14 is good enough, sadly. <laughs> so the first yeti is going to come running up on you, and Dick, take your held action as he gets within melee range. Well, 26 and 11. Ah, Ooh. nice. So, Woo. Good repost there as this thing runs up at you, bearing both its claws. And the yeti moves up as well. He won't use his chilling gaze because he just saw you shake off his buddies and you are now immune. However, you are blocking this bridge, so they're just going to start swinging at you. So, four attacks total. Yep. What's your AC, Dick? 19, is it? 19. Okay. Yep. You're naked, dude! So, first swing, 20. Yeah, it's going to hit. Yep, that's eight slashing, two cold. You are resistant Are you to immune to... He's... You are resistant to cold. I believe you? it's resistant, yep. not immune. Was it boots of cold he had? I'll, yeah. I'll look out for you uh, doing that. The winter, boots of the winter lands. Second swing, 19. Meets it beats. Five points yep. slashing, three points cold. Yeah, so those first two attacks hit. Second two attacks. 20 again. I, I'm rolling well here. You really yeah, are, you bitch. <laughs> Six well, points of slashing, three more cold. Which is... We're, we're rounding that to two, aren't we? Two cold. Oh, yeah, we to two with your uh, resistance. And then uh, final attack. 23, 10 points of slashing, two, rounded down to one for uh, cold there. Wow, uh, I mean, Dick, you stood strong, but those yetis came at you with their claws bared and just tore into you. He is, they did. Yeah, you are stood there, like, covered in slashes, like, trying to bat them off with your shield and your sword, but they are cutting into you just like the vicious beasts they are. That's a nasty round. Yeah. Uh, Sophia. It's your turn and you're paralyzed, so you can do nothing this round. At the end of your turn, make me another con save. See if you can break free. Bastards. Come on. Oh, can I lock that motherfucker? You can, I'm sure. Double check that bullshit. Or can I priority dice that motherfucker? No, you can only lock it, I think, because it's it's a save. Mm. I don't think you're superiority dice are for attacking stuff. Mm. I think. That's also bullshit. But a luck's pretty much any time you roll a d20. Oh, that's a good way of thinking about things, isn't it? Yeah. Right, I'll expend a luck and redo that and hope it's not worse. 18, come on! 18. Sadly, for me, you uh, break <laughs> no, out of don't, your paralysis. Don't! I will come <laughs> over to your <laughs> house and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> In a COVID-safe-friendly way. It'll be, it'll be an, it'll be an, an, an epic quest. It will. <laughs> I will travel the three hours to your house. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll live stream it, shall we? On, uh... <laughs> on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Twitch is. It might work on that. I don't know. You're not down with the kids, are you? I know uh-huh. I'm not. Right, so with 18, I'm fine, yeah? Yeah, at the end of your turn, you manage to shake off the icy grip of this creature's chilling gaze, and yeah, you are no longer paralyzed. Good for you. Well done, Taylor Swift, shaking it off. I am. Mm. Mm. Mr. Dick Fate, it is your turn. Dick is feeling angry. Dick is <laughs> feeling rage. Uh, I, 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 I am going to rage. Blazing. You know, because that, that fucking hurt. <laughs> um, you know? No, 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 not very pleased about that. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know why they rolled so well against you specifically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna attack normally while raging. That's a twenty-three with thirteen. Yes. Are you, uh, you're attacking the one you already hit before, right? Yes, I am. Yes. Cool. It's a, a nasty cut right across this thing's uh, furry hide. And I'll, I'll take another one. A seventeen with twelve. Hit again. Awesome. And then I'm going to uh, chill bash the other one just to try and knock him five feet back. Okay. So you knock it five feet back. Yeah. And uh, that will end my turn. Okay. R4, you are up. Um, R4 is going to take a stab with his gunpowder spear. He's going to use it one-handed. And if it succeeds, he will make it explode. Okay. But we'll see if it does. Actually, no. He's gonna he's gonna circle round first. Okay. To hopefully get advantage, and then he's gonna do that. Go for it. Uh, and he's not gonna make it explode because that that radius would hit Sophia. <laughs> Actually, but having advantage for both of us makes a lot more sense. So let's do that. Uh, Twenty-six. Twenty-six. A crit. From, he's um, in fine form from R4 that was that's fantastic yeah so he does a grand six points of piercing damage but an additional four points of damage for that mm. so a solid ten damage for this gunpowder spear ten damage I mean as Sophia is being just mauled while she can't move whatsoever R4 takes advantage of this creature being far too hyper focused and basically just runs it straight through the back. You almost see the spear stick out the other side of the creature. It's alive, but you don't know how. <laughs> it is barely clinging to life after that nasty critical attack. Uh, is that our force turn done? Uh, that is our force turn, yes. Okay, Tommy. Alright, Tommy's going to finesse away his guns. and They're just going to sort of disappear within the folds of his jacket and um, whip out some weapons. He's going to whip out his rapier and his short sword plus two. So first attack with the rapier. It's a normal attack, alas. Round two, a 15. 15 is good enough, and with 13 points of piercing damage, that rapier shoots out lightning quick and severs this creature's uh, soul from its body as it falls to the ground. Undead. I'm going to glance over at Sophia and R4. I think they've they've got this, but also I'm not sure if I can get. Hmm. If I finish this one off, then we can all head over to Dick. So I'm going to um, move my 15 feet to get just within range of this one, and my second attack uh, with my rapier. Just a straight up normal attack. A 19 and another 13 points of damage. 13 points of damage. As you see, like R4 is trying to hold this creature still. He's gripping onto his gunpowder spear. The spear has literally gone straight through this creature. And just as he manages to hold it in place for a moment, you run along and just jab forward with the rapier. Perfect shot right through the side of its throat. And the raging beast also falls to the ground. Dead. Um, Cheers, Tommy. Right, so I'm going to bonus action dash, I think. So I can start heading towards Dick on the bridge. OK, 
go. Because although because he's raging now, so I don't think he's got too many issues. But just in case, mm -hmm. um, I am going to move the five feet to the path, and then from the path, I've used. So you, five, you, so you I've used, used, I've used ten five. feet. Yeah, ten feet exactly. Ten feet. So I've got um, twenty feet. Left. Twenty feet left. So yep. that takes me just just to there on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Let me just move myself there. Cool. I'm heading towards Dick now. Cool. And it is the Yeti's turn as uh, Dick continues to hold the line. The other Yeti leaps back towards you, Dick, after you repel it with your attacks. And let's uh, let's go for another round of attacks. Uh, an eight, complete miss. And a natural one, so the wounded one is starting to struggle now, as it uh, easily has its attacks repelled by your uh, skills there. Is the other one that's still looking pretty fresh? Twelve? So claws just bounce effortlessly off your shield, and its last attack? Nine! Hey, you have a terrible round for me, all misses. <laughs> Dick's starting to get used to the flow of combat after being uh, out of action for a little while. And Sophia, you are up. Slightly wounded, but still alive. There's no slightly wounded. I'm quite wounded. <laughs> um, right, I still have my bow and arrow out, which is good, because I ain't going close to that shit anymore. Can I be like that icy gazy thing again? No, you're immune for an hour now, I think, if you pass. Yeah. From uh, okay. these regular yetis you are, yes. Okay, that's cool. Right, uh, so... Notice how cooks can clarify that, just thought. Yeah. That's yes, cool. yeah. <laughs> what? What, what, what? We're, we're what was the distinction then? We're, we're from these regular yetis. Oh, for fuck's sake, Coatson. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, none of you know your uh, winter mythology? No. no. Ah, well, shame. Take your turn. <laughs> oh, we should totally put that temple back to the cold goddess or whatever it was. Yeah, we'll get right on that when we get back home. <laughs> right, so I'm gonna attack the one to the south of Dick um, with my bow and arrow. Fourteen and eight. I think that's a hit, isn't it? That is a hit. And another one. Fourteen and thirteen. Okay, you uh, loose two arrows into its side as it's uh, taking its swings at uh, your barbarian friend. Bit of damage. It's looking nicely wounded now. Not quite so fresh. Oh, really? It's not dead yet? That one had taken, like, no damage. Oh, has it not? Okay, fair enough. I thought Dick had... The one, the one to the north of Dick, he's the one you've been stabbing. Ah, well. I helped. Yeah. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Dick, you're up. You have two wounded yetis before you, and you're starting to get back into uh, this rage-based combat that you, you know and love. Yeah, yeah. Dick is... Uh... In, enjoying being being free in this uh, in this wilderness, and uh, he is going to take a swing at the one that he's already hurt. You in your happy place? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to do it recklessly. Oh dear! Which gives me advantage. For those at home, reckless gives him advantage, but I get advantage back against him. Yes, uh, that's an eighteen and eight. Okay, 18 is definitely a hit. A brutal swing from you there, Dick, causing a devastating wound across this creature's chest. Now it's just leaking blood all over the place. It's not got too much left in it to keep fighting. Cool. 
and I just want to double check. Okay, I get advantage on all my attacks. That's good. And I'll take another swing. Let's say 15 and 7. 15 and 7, going all out with your reckless nature here, finally letting loose and being free. You follow up that slash across the creature's chest with a quick stab and thrust forward, twisting your blade through its gut, severing the spine, and one of those yetis falls to the ground dead. Whoop, whoop! Mm. Nice. Okay, is that your turn? Uh, and, um, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that'll uh, be the end of my turn. Okay, R4, do your thing. Uh, he's going to... He's going to move up, back up next to Sophia, back onto the path again. Um, he could, he could try and take another shot, but no, I think, I think he'll, he'll just, he'll just keep moving up for now. I think that's, that's, that's enough for him. Okay. There's anyone yet he left, and I think the boys have got it. So. Cool. Then, uh, Tommy, you are up. Okay, and I'm going to charge up next to my boy Dick Fate. And I'm going to start slapping this yeti with my rapier. So a, um, a violent thrust forward sort of on the end of my charge up um, is a 23 and deals 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage. Another brutal slash from you there, Tommy. Not quite enough to finish it, but it's uh, on its last legs. Drawing my rapier back again, I'm going to aim for its eye this time. See if I can drill my sword right through its brain. A 26 and 10 points of damage. You go for the head on that one, but you don't quite get the brain. You see your rapier stab through this thing's upper jaw and a bit of the blade pokes out near its eye socket, but it is still raging and rampaging and clinging to life. Okay. So with my sword still stuck in through its mouth, impaling its head, I'm going to try and slash at its guts to disembowel it with my short sword. A 16 and 8 points of damage. While you kind of hold it in place and the uh, dick is backing you up, guarding you from its claw swings, you spin around with just brutal efficiency and slash open the creature's stomach. Hot innards just slop out before you on the bridge and our last yeti is fallen. Whoop, whoop. Yep. This one's been gruesome. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm gonna just turn and nod to Dick Fate. You guys are like covered in crap. Yep. Dick is like bathing in its blood. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Tommy's Tommy's gonna Tommy's gonna attempt to uh, lop a horn off. Yeah, have horns. Yeah. Uh, these ones do. They do. They have ram-like twisted horns. Oh, cool! I'm gonna 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 attempt to lop a yeti's horn off to go into the bag of um, trophies. Been a while since I've done that. We haven't killed anything um, horrific from the wild in a, in, a, in some time. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going to assume you can't loot a yeti. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it um, can try rooting around in its guts if you like for a bit. <laughs> Find the remains I mean, of its last meal. You can tear off a chunk of yeti fur. Okay, um, Tommy, do me a survival. Just see how oh, yeah, clean yeah. this horn comes off. And I would say, everyone, do me a nature check on these yetis. 
Okay, oh, so that's, that's a 16 for my survival sum. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Yep, you get a nice clean cut on that horn. It is a very nice horn. You could fashion it into like a warning horn or just keep it as a trophy, whatever you fancy. And following on from that, I get a 16 on my nature as well. Okay. I got a nine. And a nine from me. Yeah, so Dick and uh, Sophia, you don't really notice much. But Tommy, as you're getting a bit of a closer look and sawing the horn off, you notice the Yeti you're working on, I mean, it's obviously a big furry creature, a lot of... uh, you would expect a lot of girth on this creature for living in such a cold climate, but you realize two things. One, this yeti looks quite thin, once you kind of push past the fur, almost as if it was starving. In fact, that might explain why these things were willing to fight to the death to get a meal. And secondly, you think back to stories and things you've heard, and you thought yetis were mountain creatures, more high up than just down on these lowland paths that that feels a little weird to you oh dear what's up there that's taking away their prey and yeah I'll, make, I'll, I'll, making them flee i'll relay that to the others with with that sort of that sort of conclusion really um well, it's just, not the giant just want to um, just want to point out by the way that um whilst tommy hates the woods and the forest and things he's not he's not minding it here actually because most of the trees are dead which is good and there's a lot of rock around, which reminds him of civilization. So, <laughs> yeah, he's he's he's, a, he's actually not not quite so bad up here. It's not a city, but it's not bad. <laughs> it's the, gra- gra- the ground's solid. The, the tree, the tree, all the nasty trees are all dead, and you can see through them because all the there's no leaves. Perfect. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> strange, strange man. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking eight <hate> tree. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so, so I'll relay, yeah, relay that to the others. Well, so let's assume that there's, um, worse things in the mountains. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like a dragon. Well, I, uh, guess so you continuing onwards, your trek through the snow. Yeah, we're heading after, seeing if we can, you know, steal a march on this dwarf. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this encounter successfully completed. We'll continue with uh, Dick's tracking as you follow Rorik's path. And you continue to grow a little bit closer to the mountains as you follow where you think Rorik went. And about two more hours pass as you trudge through the cold snow. And eventually, as you're getting just over a snowbank, you spy yet another yeti burst out of the snow and you think it's running towards you when what you didn't notice is a almost hidden in the snow as he is only about four foot tall kind of far past his waist as he's trudging through in heavy plate armor adorned with symbols of anvils and hammers you spy a dwarf with a large war hammer and as the Yeti leaps forward, he spins his Warhammer around and you watch as it glows with this bright, radiant light. And you hear him shout out across the, uh, the echoes of this mountain range. May I bring Muradin's light to this frost-blighted land? And he cracks the Warhammer straight into this creature's stomach. And you watch a burst of radiant light shine forth and the yeti is felled in that single strike and i think that's where we're going to end the episode 
Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Nice. I don't think I've ever been so happy to see someone new. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'm quite wary, but um Yeah. Even with Dick. I mean he was a giant half orc with a his schlong out. <laughs> he, he was that. Yeah. Yep. But um, Rorick, woohoo. I, I I like that it's even worse now because before he was just naked. Now he's naked under a duster, so he seems more like a flasher. <laughs> <laughs> now, now from behind, you just think, huh, why is this guy not wearing any shoes? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's wearing shoes now. I put exactly. shoes on because in the mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah, so from behind, he just looks normal. Then he turns around, it's like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Oh. <laughs> I mean, I remember we, we we just slept, didn't we, with um in in the giants camp. I remember in the one shot we were in the past, and like we all slept in a tent, and I did not want to be next to Dick because like that thing pointed every which way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess I guess guess Sophia didn't really care that much. We were all pretty tired by that point. Well, yeah, I guess. Just just covered it with a bit of snow. Love it. The thing is it didn't because he's he's resistant to cold, so he's fine. Oh, he's resistant, yeah. but he's not he's not immune. You just cover it with snow and the snow just steams away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well uh, on that good news. We'll end this episode, and I'll say thank you for joining us, everyone. That was Gunpowder, Treason, No Blot. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash gtmp. If you uh, want to give us a little tip, it's a good place to do it. And if you want to just chat to us generally, you can find us on Twitter. I'm there as at TreasonNo, and my players are there with their player names and gtmp at the end of it. We also have a Facebook group and a WordPress website, all at Gunpowder, Treason, No Blot. And I will hand you over to my co-hosts to say their own unique little goodbyes. It's Ask Dick! Hello, my name is Dick Fate, the Agniant for Varadin. Today's question reads, Dear Dick, my name is Alistra. I've been having a recurring dream about a young, charming halfling man I met in court. We had some wine, one thing leads to another, and it's safe to say, things get steamy in the bedroom. I always wake up exhausted and dripping wet. Does this mean I'm in love? <coughs> no. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up then. Well, I'm not sure I can now. No. Um, <laughs> right, so yes, we're still fucking doing this. Tommy looks at spells and looks like a dickhead while he does it. Yes, I know, I know, I know. But we're on to the letter C. C turns out like A and B. I think this is going to be a theme. I think there's just a fuckload of spells for every, almost every letter till we get to some weird letters. Like, I don't know, Z. No, it's probably some Zs. Fuck knows. Anyway, C. 
a lot of spells beginning with C. Most of them conjuring shit. But there's a spell that's rather um, rather pissed me off, shall we say. A spell called Cloud Kill. Now, you create a 20-foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow-green fog centered on a point you choose within range. The fog spreads around corners. It lasts for the duration or until a strong wind disperses the fog, ending the spell. Its area is heavily obscured. When a creature enters the spell area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, that creature must make a constitution saving throw. The creature takes 5d8 poison damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. Creatures are affected even if they hold their breath or don't need to breathe for some fucking reason. The fog moves 10 feet away from you at the start of each of your turns, rolling along the surface of ground. The vapours, being heavier than air, sink to the lowest level of the land, even pouring down openings. Yes, cloud kill. One of those wonderful little things on the fingertips of those spell-casting cunts. Yeah. One of those things that, you know, it's all right in your inventory. Situationally useful. Maybe not something that's perhaps worth thinking about. But when you're in an arena designed purely around being trapped in small corners, some fucker casts that at you, splitting your party in two halves and making everyone breathe in noxious fumes. Yes, that is considered by most to be a dick move. I don't like cloud kill. We're well versed with Cloud Kill, though, aren't we? Uh, well, Tommy's only encountered it once, but as a party, we've encountered it a couple of times, both in situations where Cloud Kill was a very nasty spell. <laughs> it just so happens that Cookson's characters had them. Have Cloud Kill in, in arenas. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> out, <in> out in the mists and mountains on top of the world and stuff, you cast Cloud Kill, everything goes... I think I'll move out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Like you said, the letter is C for coatl, which are benevolent. I can never say that word, so I do apologise. Serpentine beings of great intellect and insight. Their brightly coloured wings and gentle manner speak to their celestial origins. A coatl can't lie, but it can withhold information, answer questions vaguely or allow others to jump to the wrong conclusion a bit like cookson but he can also lie <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna call him a liar ex nay on the dma i'm, I'm not saying i'm just, just saying he, he, he can choose not to tell us the truth by lying wow. to us <laughs> <laughs> it's true kill tommy why Philosophia. i don't know this is not kill one of you <laughs> Why did he have to kill one of us? Why is that now a thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I haven't quite hit my quota for Arc 2. Hey, I mean, one out of three isn't bad. One out mm. of three, what, one's magic removed. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. The, the rest of us are still suffering. <laughs> yeah, we are. That's all right. You're getting, you're, you've met a new magic friend, or are about to. Magic friend. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you once again for joining us, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya.
Can anyone hear us? Can anyone hear us? I'm trapped in this bumper. We're both trapped in this bumper. Oh no, how, how do, do we, we end up in here? Well, how do we escape? Okay, look, maybe if we send everyone to necropoticon.com, we can escape. But not just that. What, what if we send them to the Discord as well? Yes, that's great. You have to go to the website, which is www.necropoticon.com. And you'll find a Discord on there. And if you want, I guess, if, if you've got time while releasing us, you could play games and chat with the people from the various podcasts you've been listening to. You can read all the cast and crew profiles. You can be part of special events. In fact, we're missing out on that by being trapped in this bumper. Help free us from this bumper and we'll see you over at www.necropoticon.com. We are in mortal pain. If you this do not, sucks. please, we Help. suffer in Save this bumper. Us. Save us. Ah! Necropoticon. Hard to pronounce? Easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.